Welcome to the Investing Mastermind podcast. I'm Michelle Markey. And I'm Sina Lindholt. And today we're going to talk about our selling strategies for investments, because if you follow a similar style of investing like Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger, ideally you never would have to sell some of your investments because we are long-term investors. And that means when we commit to a stock, ideally we want to hold it for at least 10 years or more. And I know that can be kind of surprising to some people because a lot of people, the longest they might hold any given stock might only be for a few months. So the idea that you hold a stock for many years is kind of uncommon, but sometimes there are legitimate reasons why we might need to sell an investment that there are certain cases where it's justified and you're not just being kind of fickle. You're actually realizing that something has changed, something is different, and you've looked at the new set of facts, and then you might have a different view on what your investment thesis was. Yeah. So if you're more of a beginner investor, you haven't followed the Warren Buffett style investing, then you might have been in situations this year where you were considering is now the right time to sell and really questioning if you should sell your shares right now. And hopefully in this episode, you will get some answers that you can use to determine whether or not you should sell. So even though your stocks might be not be a typical value investment stock, it's never too late to actually look through your company, look through a case, walk through a checklist. Even though you already bought the stock, you can do that. And then once you've learned what we, Michelle and I, are doing to sell, you might want to apply the, the same methods going forward. It is important to mention, though, that in this episode, we are talking about Warren Buffett's style investing. So we've bought stocks using our checklist. We've already gone through the management, the mode of the company, and we've bought it at a margin of safety. And as Michelle mentioned, we want to own the stock forever. And that's the parameters that we're setting for, for the conversation today is that it is a typical Warren Buffett style investment. You won't necessarily be able to apply this strategy to a stock that you bought, not using these principles, but as mentioned, go through the company using your checklist because you might actually find some of the answers to if right now is the right time to sell if you go through the checklist. So Michelle, can you share what needs to happen in order for you to actually sell a stock in a company that you own? Well, there's a few scenarios that have happened to me that gave me reasons to want to sell and then I end up selling some securities. So one example is if the story has changed or also if I made a mistake in paying too high of a price, like even though I thought I was buying it at a margin of safety price, I maybe still paid too much. And then I'm kicking myself because I realized that the market actually was going to give it at an even deeper discount. So uh, in a combination of some of those, one example is Alphabet or Google stock where I had done my homework, I researched it, I figured out what is a good margin of safety price, and it was actually below some of the super investors who paid for Google as well last year. And I had bought some Google and I thought it was an okay price, but then I couldn't have predicted that it was gonna go even lower. So I kind of kicked myself because I bought it still a little bit too high and I didn't trench in enough, which means to buy you know, some at like, 
a portion, like let's say you want to buy four portions. I didn't buy four portions. I kind of just bought all at once. So for me, it was a combination of uh, making the mistake. I paid a little bit too much. And then also the story was starting to change with the advent of chat GPT, the artificial intelligence computer prompt that can give people a lot of answers. Like they can get almost like real like essays that maybe high school students will submit to their teachers and their teachers will not know any better unless they know how chat GPT works. And it's probably going to be a headache in the future, but a lot of people are seeing chat GPT as a real threat to Google because for once there's something that you don't have to, you know, go through the middle stage of links to get to an answer. You just get the answer straight up. And so that could be a real threat to Google's advertising model. And based on just some general trends, there seems to be less advertising um, share of the market that Google seems to have a mastery of these days. So maybe that's why their stock is still trading somewhat lower. Whereas even though Facebook meta stock had bottomed, they seem to have like more than doubled from their lows. So unlike Google, Facebook seems to have recovered in some way. So it's a little bit interesting seeing these overall trends in advertising and how come Facebook meta can recover, but Google is still struggling for the market to recognize that it's still a pretty good business. So I made the decision when it got close back to my cost basis, I sold at a very tiny profit, but I would be interested in investing in Google again someday. But for now, I might need to reevaluate my investment thesis to figure out how big of a threat is ChatGPT or is Google really losing a grip on the advertising share of the market and you know it's it's moat has been breached for good like I have to still try to discern and then when that's the case I would readjust my valuation measures and maybe come into Google at a lower price than what I was at before to adjust for some of these changes in the story of this investment. And how about you, Sina? What do you think? For me, it's definitely also that the case changed. I have a couple of scenarios. So one thing that is important for me to mention is that when I buy a stock, I already have the exit strategy. I already have thought about the exit strategy for the company once I enter. I, of course, you know, the best case scenario is that I own the stock forever, but I already know my exit strategy even before I buy it. You mentioned a couple of situations, totally agree with that. For me, you know, an example is the future strategy of the, the company changed. A company I was really, really happy to own that business and uh, their strategy was to expand internationally, but then they changed direction and put a pause on that international expansion. And I disagreed with that. So I sold the shares simply because I did not believe in the future strategy. So mm -hmm. you could say that for me, it is the future strategy is changed or even worse, abandoned. Mm -hmm. It could also be that the, you know, something you mentioned that the business model changed. If I can see that the, the business model of the company, that now they're going to pivot and do something completely different, it would also be a reason for me to sell the stock. Another business model means that I need to reevaluate the business. The company over a long stretch, not just a quarter, but a long stretch starts losing money their cash flow is deuced or their ROIC, it's over a long period of time. It's not just a quarter I'm looking at. And then mm -hmm. I also follow the debt 
if they take on a lot of debt, I want it to be paid off less than three years. If they take on more debt, I'm also prone to to exit if it's the right time. I definitely keep, you know, look into why did they take on that debt and do I agree with that decision? Mm -hmm. Another thing could be if the company is acquired by another business, it could be a reason to to sell. It's definitely something that you'd want to look into. You could also want to to keep it. Something I've also actually tried myself is that I no longer trust that the business or the industry will be relevant in the future. And for me, I, I used to own shares in a credit card company, but with the payment systems, there's just so much disruption coming that way. And even though we might not be able to see it in the Western world right now, what's going on in China is that, you know, for some payments, you don't need a bank or a credit card and things like that. And so it could be disrupted here in the Western world as well in the future. So I exited that because I see what's happening in the horizon. And rule number one is to not lose money. So maybe it was prematurely exit, but I just thought it was risky Mm -hmm. uh, to stay in that stock. Right. Uh, Yeah. So I also actually sold because they took on debt during the Mm -hmm. the COVID-19 crisis where I was like, this is not a good time to to take on debt because we could potentially be entering a recession. We don't know what's going to happen. So that's some examples. What is so important to say with this is that it is what we call wonderful businesses. It's companies where we've been through our checklist. We know the company quite well. We follow the management. It might sound like it's a lot, but it's it's not really a lot to follow one company or a handful of companies. You know, you can do that. It is not difficult. And then it's just a matter of thinking a little bit about what do I believe in this situation? Yeah, that actually reminds me also of, let's say we see some of our favorite super investors either buying stock or like selling stock. Like, for example, I was starting to try to study the Taiwan Semiconductor Manufacturing Company because Berkshire had once upon a time invested over $4 billion in it. And I think that became it's like number 10 out of 49 positions in the Berkshire equity portfolio. But then in the most recent quarter, in the fourth quarter, they sold 86% of Taiwan Semiconductor. So now they only have like, say, around $600 million worth. I wonder what changed. Like, did they just do a quick little you know, it's super undervalued at 60 bucks. We're just going to invest in here. But we know that semiconductors are a commodity business. So we're going to turn this investment around when it's back to like the high 70s or $80. So they made a quick profit or did something change in the story? Like, was there more risk with the China, Taiwan tensions or, you know, whatever's happening in the world to make them doubt themselves as to, you know, we thought we wanted to invest that much, but really we realized the economics are actually not so great or the geopolitical risks are too much. It makes me wonder if such a fabulous set of investors like Buffett himself, Todd and Ted, what they realized that how come Taiwan Semi is no longer as good of an investment as they once thought it was. So in, in them selling it, it makes me question like, am I capable of understanding What's really going on here? And and should I even buy this? So that made me actually take a step back. Like I didn't invest in TSM yet, but I wanted to learn it more. But now I'm uh, feeling a little discouraged. Like if these super investors are selling it, maybe I should 
you know, be really careful if I am going to proceed in, in going through an equity that, that these people seem to be unsure about now. Yeah, exactly. And one thing I've noticed about Buffett, and I think maybe I've mentioned it uh, in a previous episode, but once he decides to leave, he's quick to get out of it. At least that's what, what my experience have been in the past is that when I've been tracking his exits, he is out of there. So he kept a little bit this time. Usually he's quite quick to, to exit. And, and we don't know if if you sold more shares, we, we will have to wait until the next couple of filings are out where we can track his buys and sells. But it is really, really interesting to also follow what he's doing. And hopefully at the Berkshire Hathaway annual meeting, there will be a question about this or or he will mention it himself. Because for us as investors, it is so interesting when he shares why he either buys or sells. And Usually he does not share when he buys because he, if at least if he's still buying that stock, he, he won't share it with us. But, you know, like with Coca-Cola or American Express, etc., he he did share some information about why he thought those businesses were wonderful. And he's also great to share when he sells sometimes, but other times he keeps it to himself. But there's so much for us to learn. So it would be great if he would share it with us. And unfortunately, he didn't do it in his uh, his annual letter that uh, that we talked about in the last episode. Yeah, well, I guess we'll see, um, you know, uh, maybe like you said, someone might ask about it or um, eventually maybe the truth will come out and and who knows, maybe if, if they're reducing some, maybe they'll buy some more, maybe they'll sell some more. Like, it's hard to tell. Like, sometimes they gradually sell out of something, like with Wells Fargo. I know they didn't sell out of that 100% right away. They tend to, you know, maybe they can't just sell all of it at once. They have to do it gradually, depending on what the market's able to take. But yeah, yeah that's also a good point that <laughs> the market oftentimes follows Buffett. But what I noticed about TSM that is that the stock price had kept going up. So it doesn't look like other people exited <clears throat> the stock. It, it seems like people are still buying into the to TSM, even though he did exit. So yeah, it's very, very interesting. Yeah. Well, I mean, 600 million is still not too small per se, but it's just not as meaningful. Like, like he went all in on like the oil and gas stocks of Chevron and Occidental and I thought he was going all in on this one semiconductor because that that says a lot if you're, you know, going kind of all in on on a particular uh, stock like this is, you know, it's not like he picked five semiconductor stocks. Uh, it seemed Berkshire. And when I say he, we don't know if if it was really Buffett, but we're basically saying Berkshire, like whoever someone at Berkshire may have bought um, some of this and they had high conviction and now they have a lot less conviction, but we'll see. I mean, even I know that Buffett admitted he sold Occidental some years ago, but now he got, you know, he regained conviction in Occidental. So even if it's something that they let go a few years ago, sometimes they come back to it. What you heard us say in this episode, in order for you to sell, you should look at why is it you want to sell? You need to Think a little bit about and, and look into why is it you want to sell the share. Don't just sell it because of the price. Make sure to 
do a little bit of investigation into the company. Maybe it turns out the reason why the stock price is low is because they didn't come out with a profit. And then you need to decide, okay, do I want to stay or do I want to sell? But you have to look into it, even though you didn't buy your stock using the Warren Buffett uh, method, I encourage you to do that. So basically what I'm saying is don't panic sell. Mm -hmm. Do look into the company before you sell. And then if you did buy shares using Warren Buffett's methods and you did look into the company, I hope Michelle and I, what we share today is of inspiration to you that, you know, some of the situations or event that events that would make us sell could be of inspiration to you. And then what you also heard us say in this episode is that it's a good idea to to have a selling strategy to to already now, even though you you haven't started investing yet, you could start thinking about what would actually be some parameters that would make me want to sell my stocks. Mm -hmm. If you're the type of person that did buy some stocks and you know it's still a wonderful company, you should not sell it, but ooh you know, you're feeling a little bit anxious about the market conditions, I encourage you to try to focus on something else. Yeah. Focus on your, you know, your hobbies, <laughs> other hobbies. If you have a family, spend time with the family, try not to look at the stock market. If you know your company is wonderful and it's itching to sell because you're feeling anxious, try to focus on something else than the stock market. Remove the app from your phone and don't look at it. Yeah. Uh, and uh, as we say in New York, forget about it. If you are feeling like that mental anguish and you're like, oh, I'm down like 50%, but there's nothing I can do because if you sell now, you're definitely locking in a loss. So like, yeah, like to your point, some people will be like, oh my goodness, I lost so much money in this. But I like to tell people like my friends, did you really lose money? Did you lock in the sale? Because if you didn't lock in the sale yet, you haven't truly lost money yet. You only lose if you sell. So that's also a, a part of my selling strategy is when I'm selling, I don't try to lock in a loss ever. If I have to sell, I make sure I get out at least break even, if not a very tiny profit and, and then, you know, walk away. But I try to avoid locking in a loss. So as long as you don't do that, you're not, you know, going against the rule number one of what Sina mentioned earlier of never losing money and rule number two, not forgetting rule number one. So if you can stick to that and find it in you to, to kind of like just hold on like that, sometimes you'll be glad that you did because you know, as dark as sometimes things may seem with some stocks, like the market's crumbling and everything looks red and scary, you know, someday things will be bright again. And there usually is light at the end of the tunnel. So hopefully that will be the case if you ever have to sell any of your stocks and hopefully you'll make a profit more so than you take losses. So with that, uh, we hope you enjoyed our show today and please remember to subscribe and also leave us a review wherever you listen to this podcast. We would greatly appreciate it. And we wish you all the best in if you ever have to sell, but hopefully you never have to sell your stocks. Thank you so much for listening in.
If you enjoyed the show and found the content informational, we would be super grateful if you would leave us a review and follow us wherever you get your podcasts so you automatically get new episodes in your feed. We publish a new show every Tuesday. The contents of the Investing Mastermind podcast are for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. None of this is investing advice. And if you need help in your personal situation, please consult with a professional.